0: The funny the 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 verse. The funny verse. The funny verse. The funny verse. Funny verse. The funny verse. This is the funny verse. Enter the funny verse. Hello, podcast downloader. Thanks for checking into this. The inaugural episode of the Funny Verse podcast. This is very much a safe space for anyone who's into comic verse, spoken word, in fact, anything that's poetry verse or lyric that's designed to move and amuse. To prove just how safe a space it is, I'm going to dive straight into a 10-minute best man speech I wrote for a lifelong friend, Adam. And as you'll discover, he made for an exceedingly easy target. I hope you like it and catch you on the other side. The Rhyme of the Ancient Marrier In our fine land of Old Albion, many moons ago, Graceful Queen Elizabeth did a great honour bestow Upon her stoutest knight, brave Lord Chris Noel, And Lady Brenda, his fine wife, both caught in love's spell. "'Go forth unto Africa and plunder those dark lands. "'Maintain our military might with those mechanical hands. "'To Nigeria, on a ship, you are both to be bound.' "'She pointed to the tummy on Brenda, which was round. "'Take care of that air, as the journey is long.' "'Lord Noel stroked his beard and said, "'I hope it's a son who's stronger, braver and tougher than me.' If he's a lily-livered woofter, I'll throw myself in the sea. So barely had dwindled the docking ship's horn that in Africa, baby Adam H. Noel was born. This fine boy is colossal, his proud father declared, dreaming that one day his enemies would run scared. They drew back the fly net across his old cot. Chubby Adam peered up, nose all blocked up with snot. His father said... Why's he sucking on that filthy old rag? That's not a lord of the Union Jack flag. Aged eight, making pancakes and still snuffling the cloth, his father no longer could hold back his wrath. Oh, why is he not tough like strong Scott and brave Craig? He walks like a dandy. His gender is vague. My eldest is supposed to be fearless and gallant. Of manly pursuits, this boy shows no talent. So with that his lord briskly sheathed his fine sword, and glugged down a draught of fine mead from a gourd. He then leant across, pressed his lips to small ears. Stride forth, my fine son, but wipe off those hot tears. Hard schooling in England will soak up your fears. But be patient, to make thee a knight will take years. Banished to Windlesham in the deep Sussex Downs, where dormitories echoed with faint weeping sounds. He clung to his pillow, all a shiver at night, Oh, thank God he had blankie to stave off the frights. This wimpy demeanour led to weeks with no friends, till one day beside him sat down London boy Ben. You homesick? What for? This place is a riot. And from thence they couldn't keep this pair of knaves quiet. They fashioned go-karts in woodwork and down the back track they'd race and with the girls they'd play track in the maze or kiss chase. Back in black in the green room was how long days were spent or the minstrel band Bony M played in their tent. At ping-pong his backhand had a fiendish topspin. Without headbands and wristbands no match could begin. At tennis the courts were festooned with smashed rackets. Over time all these outbursts had cost Dad a packet. It was clear from his tantrums he missed his dear mother, and all these attempts at being cool were a cover. Evermore he found solace in the scoffing of food, so off to have seconds and puddings he queued. With swimming at Butterfly his manner was deft, at the end in the pool not much water was left. Prop forward at rugby, his studs stamped on those brats and in time his friends fondly nicknamed him Fats. Concentrating in class just got harder and harder. His cravings for fodder led to raiding the larder. He was easily caught by the seething school's head when boxes of tuck were found under his bed. His next school was Eastbourne, quite the maker of men. Selected to be far from his errant friend, Ben. It was tough, and when wedgie time, you did not want to get chosen. So Adam wore stout lengths of the firmest lederhosen. Those bullies sang songs about the nature of his gender. So learned the art of judo from his mother, Lady Brenda. Yet while tearing down the sports field in depths of the winter, he got hit sideways with a tackle and his knees got splintered. To this day, poor Adam, every sport that he touches invariably ends up with him hobbling on crutches. He dedicated himself instead to fashion and fine art, and he planned to use these passions to help win the maiden's hearts. But caking his face with goth makeup as a tactic saw results that were horribly anticlimactic. His hair, like a scarecrow's, was frightening for sure, A pitiful effort to be Robert Smith from The Cure. A foundation in art to Ravensbourne he was bound. By this stage his clothes were extremely unsound. If his father had seen his late eighties apparel, he'd have rolled him off Beachy Head in an oak barrel. One day he was summoned to account for his actions. His father, arms crossed with his face somewhat ashen, said, I'm all for your studies being led by your passion, but swear to me, son, that you won't study fashion. What relief in the land! He chose graphic design, the London College of Printing, an academy fine, where he did learn of the art well of creating fine books and his cutting-edge outfits drew no shortage of looks. Graduation came fast, and prestigious work beckoned. Instead, adult books would enrich him, he reckoned. Paul Raymond's in Soho to men's world, no less, in the vain hope of attracting its main star, Joe Guest. The staff were all girls, so he gossiped with a fever, and when a deadline was looming he'd act quite the diva. But nobles do not spend their time positioning text, and he knew that deep down his dear dad would be vexed. Lord Noel in his shed worked on ships made of matches, ambitious Craig by his side handing sticks in small batches. My son's dress sense and career was something I dreaded, his only salvation now is he swiftly bewitted. But Adam had secured work at the Ministry of Sound, where his wild shoe collection oft pounded the ground, when he wasn't out raving at gay nightclubs like heaven, dungarees and white gloves, air-stabbing till seven. What was striking was how he danced on, unaided, while the rest of his peers needed help or they faded. Ease a good, ease a good, said that song that was funny. Not to Adam, who just two-stepped, like the Duracell bunny. Let's please not forget the phase of go-a-trance. Bagpuss meets cat-in-the-hat, through the fields he did prance. A job at Lad Pages Loaded put an end to this fancy. Poor Fats. No more wibbling through the night like a Nancy. Lad culture took hold. Blame that legend, Jim Parry, who mentored his coolness to degrees that were scary. And history was made as the gonzo life took hold. I doubt Hunter S. Thompson would have been quite this bold. But how long could he keep running round like a nutter, waking up on strange floors or with his face in the gutter? Five years is the answer, and it ravaged his body but at least he no longer went out dressed like Noddy. He knew twas his destiny to find the right wife. She was not wont to appear with this endless nightlife, and mirrors he'd regard more with frowns of dismay at his beard and his hair slowly bleaching with grey. So he bought a fine steed that he named Cannondale, who he'd endlessly gallop out on the wild trails, but the craters and hedges, sent him crash to the ground. All those lumps to the head made his brain more unsound. Camping here, camping there, pitching tents everywhere, he went mad for the canvas life and the fresh air. Quaffing cider from flagons, frying chops in a skillet, drowning in more Gore-Tex than you'd find in a Millet's. you could call all this roaming a crisis of midlife. But the whole world could see twas the lack of a wife, and Adam made sure he was endlessly busy. Yet right under his nose was this graceful lass Lizzie. They'd shared the same workplace for four years and a half, and oftentimes at him did heartily laugh. But what chance of attraction between them was thwarted? At that stage his hair was like Hitler's side parted, no one was surprised that a maiden in her prime Was repulsed by his dictator hair flattened by slime, But she had to abide it, as when he was befuddled, Hung over he'd sloped to her desk for a cuddle. These beer-breathed embraces stopped his want to be cranky. They had to. He'd long lost his crumbled old blankie. But the thing that impressed, and 'twas a spark that thrilled her, Was she saw what a good dad he was to Matilda. Indeed, now a father, a miraculous blessing, which more than made up for the constant bad dressing. When word reached his father, the alarm he sounded, this act of such selflessness left him dumbfounded. He said, "'I may not get to see my eldest son married, but each one of my son's kids in arms I have carried. What more could a man wish for in a life on this globe?' apart from one's son in a normal wardrobe. Adam always saw Lizzie as out of his league, as how could she fancy a face so racked with fatigue? But his cuddling tactics worked, and led them to assume that discretion was better and they should get a room. So they did. There was to be no more ardour repression, and with courage as Dutch as his riding obsession, had a date in Old Clapham much addled by booze. And together that night, they left no time to snooze. He'd found his true princess, and to this day still staggered, that young Lizzie was drawn to a has-been this haggard. She could clearly see through to the soul deep within. And she had to. The outside's decrepit and grim. Of course, Adam's no fool. He'd long lost his youth. He could tell by the yellow stains coating each tooth. He'd have to propose, or he'd lose her for certain and alone, he might face the Grim Reaper's last curtain. But how could he ensure that she'd have to say yes? His body and face could yet deny him success, so he took her to Gozo to share a new-fangled invention. Called diving, the danger would distract her attention. They would wear skin-tight suits and breathe under the sea. She would surely succumb with this new sorcery. His ambitious plan, and the mind really boggles, was to propose in a wetsuit with full snorkel and goggles. Flippers on, ring in hand, but he bungled the deal. They had a big bust-up instead that took hours to heal. But finally, after days of desperate pleading, Lizzie finally agreed to have this fine wedding. So there you go. Something of the life of dear Adam. Adam. And I want to thank him for letting me read that speech out in full here on this podcast. Had I been in that position, I'm not sure I would have agreed. So till next time, it's goodbye from the funny verse. The, the, fun- the, fun- the, 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 the funny verse. The funny verse. The fun verse. The funny verse. Funny verse. The funny verse is the fibers